Ulst, Deception versus Liberty, Part 1, Drill Down into the Character of the Defendants, and Their Motivation. Part 2, Circa 30 Minutes, Associates the Defendants, a Solly Brown MD, of Chelton Brown Limited, D1, a Susan Ross D2, of Custer Creative Limited, a Solicitor Nick Phillips MP, of Taylor's LLP, with District Judge Glassbrook, DJG. Who used deception, to knowingly impose a greater monetary, and a time loss, on a claimant, a Kevin Lamin PL, of Northampton, England. In part two, they are joined by another solicitor's firm, Good Child Visit and Smart, GVS, of Northampton, who is evidently looking for notoriety, via exposure by Shake the Tree. Ironically another deluded female, being a friend of, Solly Brown, the MD of the rental estate agent, Chelton Brown Limited, D1 of Northampton. Who recommended that Susan Russ D2, should use GVS. Other than the stupid, all, will have known, that pre and post their action, at stake was, defrauding another of their liberty. The composer pens, as one who's been adversely affected, particularly by female deception, financially and otherwise. Thus the composer rightly has zero tolerance, with those aiming to gain, by restricting another's liberty, regardless of their gain, loss, or their status. To requote the orator, Dr. Jordan Peterson, a clinical psychologist said, of his 12 rules of life, prior to a speech at the O2 Arena in London, on the 2nd of November, 2023. Western civilization would benefit, by embracing the truth. Whilst, Dr. Jordan Peterson, promotes adherence, shake the tree, provides examples, of how costly, deception is to our civilization. There will be no winners in this matter, just stressed females, unable to grasp the magnitude of their deception, with a cool male solicitor and a judge, who collect their Friday paychecks. All have ignored the risks that the females, are imposing on themselves. Deception and lying, is a scourge on society, and typically associated with those seen as, low life. Shake the tree shows, professionals at all levels, use deception and fraud, with zero concern of accountability, for their self-gain. I'll restate the abbreviation key, as to reassociate the named, with the info recipient. PL, Kevin Lamin. The plaintiff, who suffered loss. D1, Chelton Brown Limited, rental estate agent, the first defendant, manager of PL's rental property. MD, Solly Brown, the managing director of Chelton Brown Limited. D2, Susan Rust, the second defendant, PL's ex-partner, a protagonist who retained PL's money. DJG, District Judge Glassbrook, the hearing judge, being the gatekeeper of societal anarchy. NP, Nicholas Phillips, a senior solicitor at Tolas Solicitors LLP, being D2's, solicitor and likely friend. GVS, being another fraudulent female solicitor, trading as, good child wizard and smart, of Northampton. Another professional who will gain notoriety, via Shake the Tree. Part 2, is a data-accurate, representative timeline, on how we got to this place, it's pre and post, District Judge Glassbrook's, DJG's, inference, that the fraud by Solly Brown D1, and Susan Russ D2, may continue, at a cost to Kevin Lamin PL, and regardless of the 1,000 hours he'd spent, pre-DJG's intervention, and regardless of the likely, 1,000 hours aft, DJG sanctioned, such blatant fraudulent continuation. Judges deemed as wise, appear void of wisdom, as another's time is irreplaceable, and the most valuable of all of life's gifts, yet they express such as worthless. So let's see the tool necessitated over a decade, by the behavior by Solly Brown, a supplier of services to Kevin Lamin, and Susan Rust, an ex-girlfriend of 15 years, and a substantial beneficiary via her association with Kevin. On, the 1st of April, 2005, 
Mortgage Trust welcomed Kevin Lamin, PL, and Susan Rust, D2, to their new mortgage account, 2167637. District Judge Glassbrook should take note, I'm coming back to court, with ID. Not that District Judge Glassbrook thought my ID was ever really in doubt, it was just a convenient excuse to bounce a claim, thus excluding a known to DJG, defendant from a cost. On the 18th of May, 2005, re, Nationwide Flex account, Kevin Lamin set up a new account to deal with the inputs and the outputs associated with the property known as Flat 2020, Hoxney Court. A property jointly purchased and owned by Kevin Lamin and Susan Rust. As per Susan's request, Kevin dictated that Susan's name appeared prior to Kevin's name on the account. From then to the summer of 2013, Kevin with his sister Julie solely managed that account. On the 18th of May, 2005, Kevin and Susan paid in £1,000 each, thus the account had a £2,000 balance. On the 13th of June, 2006, Kevin and Susan made payments of £500 into the account to keep the account in credit as at that time, the account's outputs were greater than the account's inputs. On the 22nd of January, 2007, and on the 31st of January, 2007, it can again be seen that Kevin and Sue made equal payments into the account with those same payments being quantified by third-party provider statements. On the 22nd of June, 2009, it can be seen that the same continued with outputs listed from Orchard Block Management Services Limited and net rent inputs listed by Chelton Brown Limited, the then block flat and tenant management firms engaged by Kevin as Kevin ensured the managers were managing. On the 2nd of July, 2010, a credit balance of £5,578.82 showed the property account was self-supporting. On the 6th of January, 2011, a credit balance of £3,071.75 resided in the self-supporting property account. On the 31st of January, 2011, an output to mortgage trust of £400, which included a £204.96 overpayment, reflected Kevin's management style of the account being to pay off the capital when able. On the 2nd of June, 2011, a credit balance of £2,785.20, with that being Kevin's last statement, likely when Susan Rust decided to take an interest in the nationwide rent account. And whether related or not, the lender platform's annual statement showed overpayments ceased after September 2011. On the 2nd of June, 2011, re, Nationwide Flex account, so to this date, both the property owners had transparency and access to the joint property account, which can be seen to have been well managed by Kevin and was making monthly capital overpayments to the joint owner's benefit. To circa June 2013, when my sister oversaw the property management, she advised me the property account had been emptied. Of course, no other than Susan Russ D2 knew by whom. My sister and I were perplexed and concerned that my other accounts may have been compromised. In June 2013, Susan Rust D2 decided after nine years she needed to have full and sole control of the property account. And without notice, she emptied the account in its entirety of circa £4,700, thus rendering the account status as closed with the consequence that there was not an account for the rent inputs to reside or the mortgage, the block or the flat and tenant management outputs to be drawn from. All of which went unpaid until D2 made other arrangements. 
A mortgage trust's letter of the 3rd of July, 2013, advised the mortgage had not been paid, as returned by the host bank, thus a fee of £20, would be added to the mortgage account. Circa August 2013, I'd liaised with Solly Brown, the MD of Chelton Brown Limited, D1, the managing agent, who advised, without equivocation. That as both my sister, on my direction, had requested the reinstatement of the net rent, or 50% of it. But as D2, had demanded all the rent. Solly Brown, Chelton Brown's MD, said they would be retaining 100% of the rent input, save paying Orchard Block Management Services fees, and Chelton Brown's, her own firm's management fees. Circa September 2013, yes indeed, what a mess, as it left D1 paying some outputs, and Susan Rust aka, D2, paying other outputs, and 100% of a variable mortgage. As a direct result mortgage overpayment ceased, with immediate effect, as did the loan's capital reduction. One doesn't need to drill too deep, to see the flawed logic, in the financial acumen of these two females. Circa October 2013, I did liaise with a solicitor, but clearly there was little to be gained, that would not sort itself out in time. So, I bided my time, until the money that D2 had stolen, ran out. On, the 31st of July, 2014, Susan Rust, D2 created a statement, which dictated, equity distribution, on the sale of the property, that statement, was copied to Chelton Brown, and in two locations, on referring to equity, Susan Rust had dictated an equal, 50-50 split. Just for the avoidance of doubt, the sale of a property in the UK, is a standalone transaction, any other party niggles, are just that, niggles. And Susan Rust, Solly Brown, Tola's solicitors as well do, county court judges, know that. Ask yourself, why did the named, act as they are void of logic, and ignore that, which they knew to be the law, as it's common knowledge, and also accessible, via a Google search. On, the 3rd of August, 2014, Susan Rust's email of 1246, to my brother Adrian, shows D2 has a fixation outside of reality. On absorbing this document, you will gain detail, that leaves you in no doubt, of two things. Susan Rust, aka D2, has zero consideration for others, or the pain or the loss she causes them, or the cost, to herself, to inflict harm and loss on another. This is illustrated by the facts below. 1. D2 denied, her co-property owner, the chance to pay off circa £20,000 from the capital owed, and save the likely hundreds of pounds, that would benefit them both. 2. Knowing she'd, likely coerced Chelton Brown Limited, being D1, into retaining up to £20,000, D2 further necessitated the property co-owner, to spend hundreds of hours organising a county court trial, that she then failed to attend, to promote whatever grievance she had. 3. D2, then refused to pay the court fees, or to compensate for the loss imposed on the joint owner, after telling D1 of Chelton Brown, to finally release the money late in 2019. 4. Yet, in para 4, of the email to my brother Adrian. D2, demands absolute financial parity, on a £280 sum, that was paid from a joint account, that D2 hasn't asked of its purpose. Of course of which £140 of the sum, was the property co-owners, to do with, as they wished. So clearly, D2 is deluded, and further considering her behaviour, will leave the reader in no doubt, D2 will say, and do whatever it takes, to impose harm and loss on Kevin Lamin. Alternatively D2's evidence, will convince a residing judge, that her £140, held in a non-interest bearing account, is likely a greater material loss, than interest, on a combined £30,000, over a decade. Or the same being used to pay down, 
a loan account. Circa July 2015, a call from D1, informed me, the money Susan Rust stole, was depleted to £5. On, the 18th of August, 2015, I replied by email to, Chelton Brown's Edwina Lane. This was a considered reply to D1, after taking direction from the then lender, Mortgage Trust. I provided the perfect solution, it maximized both the capital held by D1, and the future rental profit. And such avoided any interaction with Susan Rust, and it was, to the benefit of all involved. It will be for the deluded Solly Brown, D1 and obsessively controlling Susan Rust D2, to explain how leaving £6,900 of our money, being at risk of a total loss, was a benefit at any other, than one, whom evidently felt a need to control, another's money, regardless of the legitimacy of her actions, or the cost to its rightful owner, or bizarrely, at an unquantifiable cost to her. It said the UK should have more female CEOs. Well Solly Brown and Susan Rust, are prime examples, of why we haven't, and may that situation long continue. Circa April 2018, my personal tax computation show, whilst I was receiving zero input, from my 20HC investment, I had a legal obligation, to pay tax on the money retained by Chelton Brown. My letter AB001 of, the 26th of October, 2018, to Christian Halls of Chelton Brown Estate Agents Limited, D1, explained that whilst, D1, retaining a £7,000 rent pot in 2015, was a concern, now in late 2018, a rent pot of over £15,000, must be distributed to its owners. The letter gave direction, on how to do that. On, the 8th of November, 2018, Edwina Lane's email, of Chelton Brown, referred to my email of the 26th of October, 2018 being my response to Edwina Lane's reasonable offer to distribute the capital held and further rent inputs. Edwina Lane's letter acknowledged KL and SR were joint owners. Her letter also stated that the Money Laundering Act prevented Chelton Brown, D1, from retaining such funds without a legitimate right to do so. That legality appeared of no concern to D1's MD, Solly Brown. On the 8th of November, 2018, my letter 002, to Edwina Lane, of Chelton Brown, was in response to Edwina's offer, to distribute a circa £15,000 fund. On, the 9th of November, 2018, letter 003, to Edwina Lane, of Chelton Brown D1, advising of my new nationwide account, that had been set up to receive my capital owed, and my proportion, of the ongoing rent. On, the 9th of December, 2018, letter 004, to Edwina Lane, of Chelton Brown, advising of the situation and my costs and consequential loss associated with regaining my money. Being my final pre-court warning to D1, Chelton Brown Limited, who was physically retaining my money. With an assumption it was on the sole instruction of a bitter ex-girlfriend, a Susan Rust of Broughton, aka, D2. My letter AB005 of, the 11th of December, 2018, followed a 20-minute conversation, I had with Edwina Lane, whilst sitting in my car, in a little car park. Edwina Lane exclaimed, Susan Rust, would not agree to, any guise of distribution of the then circa £16,000 rent pot. My letter explained post the 20th of December, Chelton Brown would now gain court fees, and a compensation demand. At that time, D1 had provided no other reason, for retaining my money, other than D1 was following instruction from Susan Rust D2. As on, the 31st of December, 2018, D1 and D2 had jointly retained £7,689.13 of my money, 
for 1,979 days, with an annual interest loss based on 8% of £1,693.20. Whilst I've assumed Susan Ross D2's instruction was the catalyst for Chelton Brown Limited retention of the rent pot. Chelton Brown D1 had, and did not, produce a single document that inferred D1 or D2 had any lawful right to retain my money. On the 31st of December, 2018, a money claim was filed against Chelton Brown Limited with the County Court Business Centre for £7,689.13 with an additional court fee of £410. With conditions I would be seeking interest on the sums Chelton Brown Limited D1 had retained from 2013. On the 5th of January, 2019, a small claims court money claim was issued against Chelton Brown Limited as they physically held my money and they were the only entity that could release it. On the 29th of January, 2019, the small claims money claim became a defended claim. It will be shown Solly Brown's reason for retaining my money rapidly changed to suit the severity of the occasion. Although Solly Brown MD and Edwina Brown of Chelton Brown D1 had told me for six years, Susan Russ D2 would not sanction the release of any of my money. My reply was always, it's my money. Why are you asking my bitter ex-partner whether I can have my money? Solly Brown's defense was now, it's another's opinion, a Payne Smith solicitors who said Chelton Brown D2 would exclude themselves from risk by retaining their client's money. Not that Solly Brown provided any evidence of that asked of Payne Smith or the reply given. I say to Solly Brown, Chelton Brown's managing director, she really should confine herself to her homestead. As there's no doubt, that's the safest place for such a fragile female. Solly Brown was lying, as there was no financial risk to Solly Brown or Chelton Brown Limited on them distributing the fund in equal proportions to the joint co-owners. To date, the legal status of the retained fund has not changed and neither party provided any defined legal apportionment rights. UK law defines unquantified, co-owners are equal. Sadly within the UK's population, to include estate agents, solicitors, and county court judges, such is too difficult to grasp. I say every day, mainly the UK's population are stupid, or alternatively, they would be corrupt, with concern only for themselves, what do you say? On the 20th of March, 2019, a general order advised of a one-hour preliminary hearing on the 23rd of May, 2019 at 2 p.m. The order demanded the claimant, also by 4 p.m. of the 3rd of April, serve a copy of the claim and the order of the 20th of March, 2019, on the property's co-owner. Thus Susan Rust was informed of the costs and trouble her delusion was causing to others, but she did nothing. My five-page witness statement of the 22nd of May, 2019, is available on request for further dissemination. On the 3rd of June, 2019, Chelton Brown's account statement showed they retained £16,865.33. My four-page trial argument paper of the 12th of June, 2019, contained circa 60 questions for Solly Brown. As on the 12th of June, 2019, which I recall was the first hearing date related to Chelton Brown Limited, having retaining £8,432.68 of my money for 2,142 days, with an annual interest loss based on 8%, being £2,019.45, with the court fee and capital, I was now owed, thus being at a loss of £10,826.13. The general judgment of the 14th of June, 2019, 
detailed that District Judge Glassbrook, on finding the claimant had no proof of photo ID on him, and no proof of the proportion, of the money held by the defendant Chelton Brown estate agents, being owed to the claimant, the claim was stayed. But Solly Brown, who sat opposite, had known the claimant for more than a decade, Solly Brown further knew, the money she held, was net of property expenses, and mortgage payments, but Solly deceived the judge, that she thought otherwise, or did she? District Judge Glassbrook, further knew, as there was no deed of trust, the claimant would be reliant, on the seen-to-be-awkward properties co-owner Susan Rust, who had already retained the claimant's money for six years. The judge ignored the fact, that as co-owner I was taking the estate agent to court, as they had unlawfully withheld my, money. District Judge Glassbrook's agenda was, bounce the claim down the road, to disguise D1's unlawful retention of another's money, saving D1, from the interest and court fees. Solly Brown is an adult, she chose to adhere to D2's unlawful desire, that should not be, at a cost to PL. My letter of, the 26th of June, 2019, enclosed two documents, that countered Solly Brown's D1 defense. As Susan Russ D2, had already concluded the ownership was 50-50, and I'd already advised Solly Brown, that to my knowledge, Susan Rust has never said, or even inferred, the situation was any different. And that was Solly Brown's, MD of Chelton Brown's sole reason for retaining my money for six years. Solly Brown now has choices, as does her employees, Edwina Lane and Christian Halls. And here are their choices as confirmed by, the multi-office, nationwide firm, Duncan Lewis Solicitors. Lying under oath in a court of law, or making a false statement, after taking the oath, being perjury, is an offence under the Perjury Act, of 1911. Making a false statement when not under oath, is dealt with under the Evidence, Proceedings in Other Jurisdictions, Act, of 1975. Perverting the course of justice, is a charge dealt with in a Crown Court, and commonly results in a prison sentence. There may well be complex circumstances, leading to an individual being accused of perjury, whether in court, or on attending an interview under caution in a police station. And of course, the same will be afforded to, Solly Brown, Susan Rust, Edwina Lane, Christian Halls and Nicholas Phillips, a senior solicitor at Tolas Solicitors LLP. It goes without, D2 solicitor, Nicholas Phillips, will deem he actually believed Susan Rust, when she said Kevin, who purchased an investment property, its purpose, is somewhat in its name, but regardless of its purpose, Kevin was deemed as content, for the rental income, that he paid tax on, to reside in Chelton Brown's, D1's, zero interest bearing account. Is solicitor Nicholas Phillips, thick, corrupt, or aiming to go dog walking, with Susan Rust? The alternative is, from 2013 to 2018, Solly Brown MD, of Chelton Brown D1, along with Edwina and Christian, lied to Kevin, about the reason that D1, retained the rental fund. There is zero evidence, Christian or Edwina have been disingenuous, the evidence shows, Solly Brown, Susan Rust, Nicholas Phillips of Tolas Solicitors LLP, have been, disingenuous. But here's the rub, Solly Brown will have to coerce, Edwina and Christian, to risk prosecution and a prison sentence, to back up her position. From what I know of Edwina, and Christian, they have integrity, and self-esteem, they differ from the solicitor, Nicholas Phillips, who's paid £300 per hour, to falsify the spiel, from the likes of a compulsive fabricator of the truth, Susan Rust, aka, D2. There's always an upside, to disappointment, on the 28th of June, 2019. I made contact with Helen Young, of Scott Fowler's solicitors, and I forwarded my court file, to Helen for appraisal. The file included a four-page complex deed of trust. 
That led to a meeting with Connor Wilson, a senior solicitor, who in no uncertain terms said, I'm wasting my time, and that desired by District Judge Glassbrook is a pipe dream, as you can't force another to sign a deed of trust. Connor Wilson advised, add Susan Russ to the claim, get her into court, and then see how she justifies her poor behavior. On the 3rd of August, 2019, on the order of Judge Glassbrook, I completed and served a N244 general application notice, adding Susan Rust as a second defendant to the money claim at a cost of £100. This was a milestone, dictating my 1,000 hours to date and the £510 court fees that Chelton Brown LTD's behavior had necessitated was to be parked in the disabled bay. Due to the wisdom of a county court judge, paid one quarter of a million pounds a year for, wait for it, their time. But in the passing of time, it will be shown DJG's judgment was really not so wise, as it can be seen to have been no benefit to anybody. If for no other reason, I would not now be advising the planet, of the named, to include District Judge Glassbrook, of their complicity, in acts of theft, perjury and fraud. I say the following, as others lack, the opportunity, foresight and the balls. That decision by a highly paid judge, who would not likely work 10, let alone 1,000 hours without reward, will cost UK society, circa £50,000. And has zero benefit, to any other, than the professionals, and the judges. It will further cost, the joint defendants more, than the interest and fees now in play, and will have absorbed, up to 100 hours, of the CPS's, and our overstretched, police's time. This is a complex claim, but other than settle, D2 would rather pay, Tola solicitors to advise that rule, CPR 221.i, requires, documents, to be verified by a statement of truth. Clause 22.1. 1 equals the following documents must be verified, by a statement of truth. Albeit, my N244 encompassed, a statement of truth. And my additionally attached, witness statement, also encompassed, a statement of truth. A line I often roll out, it is of no surprise to me, the boats keep coming. Thus I say, typical of a solicitor, Nicholas Phillips has more regard for process than that his client can be seen to be committing theft, perjury and fraud. Whilst NP's client Susan Rust may have signed a statement of truth, her signature is freely applied to any document that suits her agenda, and she knows that can be evidenced. All D2 had to do to halt this fiasco was for her to release money she knew she'd no legal right to. Or the county court judge could have avoided complicity in further defrauding a claimant and burdening society with such process costs that will not benefit either the claimant or the defendants. But this fiasco appeared to suit D2, Sue Rust, and DJ Glassbrook. In summary on that day, District Judge Glassbrook knew, other than when a deed of trust was present, the equity, capital and rent split from a jointly owned property can only be 50-50. DJG knew he'd ruled contrary to what the law required of him. I've already covered why DJG did so, and DJG must now take responsibility for the effect of that ruling, being all of what is written here. On the 14th of November, 2019, I wrote to the court, finally Solly Brown and Susan Rust had realized. They had no legal justification to retain what is another's money, and more to the point, they had contradicted each other's version of the events, making them in old money, liars, not a good look courtside. So one would assume, they will compensate the claimant, for their ill-conceived defense, or their blatant deception, you choose that most likely, from these well-educated, professional females. It was a mistake on my part, assuming I could save my time, 
the defendant's time, and the court's time. By not going to trial. Which would have shown Solly Brown and Susan Rust as fabricators of evidence to suit. Unless one believes Susan Rust didn't realize the property's co-owner desired his own money. Or he desired to transfer his money from a Chelton Brown zero interest bearing account to a place his money would gain interest or it could have paid down a mortgage. If you've been attentive, the reader will note that's in contrast with Solly Brown's reason of six years for retaining Kevin's money. Solly Brown D1 coincidentally changed her reason in her defense, as she was advised, her original stance was reckless and unlawful. Alternatively, Solly Brown and Susan Rust collaborated to defraud Kevin the claimant, who merely expected to control his own money. Yet Nicholas Phillips, a senior solicitor at Tola Solicitors LLP, gives no detail of what a £300 per hour solicitor could further ask of Solly Brown, other than to duplicate what the claimant Kevin Lamin, at no fee, on multiple occasions had already asked of Solly Brown, being for Solly to return his money. Solly Brown took advice from another solicitor, whose advice could be likened to, if Solly stayed in bed, she'd be less likely to trip over. Oh, the benefit of having a university education. So it will be accepted, as per the Theft Act of 1968, in that Susan Rust D2, stole and retained, jointly with Solly Brown D1, my money for a period of six years, they are entitled to submit a defense, promoting, they did not. Likewise Nicholas Phillips of Tolers, may articulate such to good effect, as NP did when, confirming his client D2, expected me to sustain 100% of the loss, I'd sustained, as a direct result, of action taken against D1 and D2, to regain my own money. NP's reason, was I did not, engage a £300 per hour solicitor, to demand from Solly Brown D1, that what I had demanded of D1. Concluded from, the 9th of December, 2019, Susan Rust via her solicitor Nicholas Phillips of Tolers, deems it undisputable, that Solly Brown, and Susan Rust further intend, to defraud Kevin Lamin, of the court fees, and all associated losses, to include interest, and the loss of Kevin's time, being thousands of hours, being engaged in regaining his money. In fact maybe, it will be seen, that wasting Kevin's earth hours, will be seen as, Susan Rust's, sole intention from the outset, as Susan Rust D2, has yet to promote a legitimate, or logical reason, for retaining a fund, of up to £20,000 for six years, in a non-interest bearing account. Surely Susan Rust, is not going to promote, that this disputation, is over a disputed of £140. It is said, the UK would be better off, with more female CEOs, I say those you say that, have no clue, of the effect of what they promote. I am going to end part two, here? As this is enough detail, to compose, and to absorb, on how we got to this place. Part 2 End Coming soon, exclusively on, Shake the Tree. Deception versus Liberty, Part 3, Where Do We Go From Here?